for tuning in to Steam of the Classroom. Steam of the Classroom is, is a podcast where we talk about education and integrating science, technology, engineering, art, and math into the classroom. I'm Tori Cameron, and on this episode, we have a special guest, Sam Leah, who is Skyping all the way in from Australia. Hello. So welcome, Sam. Good morning or good evening. Good morning for me. Good evening to good you. Morning. Good morning to you. Good evening to um, Sam is 14 hours ahead of us um, here in the U.S., so pretty cool that she got up bright and early to record today. Um, so, Sam, you have a really interesting role um, as a regional museum officer. Um, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and how uh, and what that job entails and how you're involved in STEM and STEAM? Yes, um, I'm the um, Regional Museums Officer with the Museum of the Riverina, uh, which is located in uh, Wagga Wagga, which is roughly between, um, halfway between Sydney and Melbourne. It's it's pretty much six hours in either direction uh, to get to Wagga Wagga. So as um, the RMO, um, I do outreach with uh, small local museums, uh, usually volunteer museums, or they might have a, a half or one full-time staff member. And so I uh, work with them on big projects um, that uh, sort of bring together lots of different ideas and stories. So instead of just being... Um, one small project or one small story about our town. We uh, do bigger projects using lots of different museums and their collections and their expertise to tell larger stories about the Riverina. Oh, wow. So it's good. It allows us to uh, follow storylines outside of uh, our local government boundaries rather than being... Um, sort of constrained by those if a, if a story goes further down the river or we can follow that story or that lead um, so we're not constrained by modern boundaries we get to follow um, the historical story. Um, so can you tell me how your role um, really involves STEM and STEAM especially in the local communities? Uh, yes, so um, a project which we started this year, it's um, it's called uh, STEAM the Museum, and it's a, a three. It's part of a three-stage project that uh, we're um, undertaking at the moment. So the first stage uh, was an exhibition uh, that we created, which was called Roaming Around the Riverina. And with Roaming, we worked with a local uh, school group with the Opportunity Class, um, which is a gifted and talented class. It's the only class in the Riverina. I think the closest one is is a couple of hundred kilometres away. So we're quite lucky to have this class group um, in our community. And so we worked with them. They were each given a frame uh, to curate um, uh, a story about the Riverina. So they did a whole range of um, topics. They, they did sort of sport and animals, but also money, um, architecture, um, military stories, the difference between teaching in the 60s and teaching now, it was really, really amazing what they came up with. And so, oh, wow. we, we, yeah, so we had a, a great time doing that and um, the teacher and I had a, a really good experience of um, offering that to the, the class group. And so that was an exhibition that we um, 
it, it's currently showing it, it's closing um, next week, but it's an exhibition that we did display in our museum and, and marketed and opened it as we would um, an exhibition and um, taught a lot about historical methodologies. So with Steam the Museum, we wanted to um, bring that, that sort of those ideas of, of STEM, which are very um, current and, and popular and um, engaging at the moment, but also really bring in that A for arts component um, through history and interpretation, because the, what museums do is take these sort of complicated and um, often dispersed or um, divided stories and bring them together to sort of tell a story to, to visitors um, in a way that is accessible and enjoyable and um, it's a really important life skill, um, particularly when, when partnered with um, sciences and um, technology to be able to tell those stories. So with um, STEAM the Museum, we, we wanted to uh, bring that together within the context of the museum and so to use our, our collections um, and our local stories and um, also bring in this sort of fun element of um, robotics and 3D printing and um, historical mashups and a lot of different ideas. So with the, the school group uh, that we're working with, they've been divided into uh, seven different groups and um, each group has been given a problem. So the museum has these different problems that uh, we've we've given over to the students and we've given them um, a, a budget that they can work with and access to um, the sort of the tools that they they will need to do this. And it's so far it's been a lot of fun and it's been a big learning curve for everybody involved and um, we're, we're really enjoying um, how it's going so far. So, Yeah, I love that you guys have a problem that the kids have to solve. Can you give an example for like what one of those problems, uh, what a problem is that the kids have to solve or like how they have to solve it? Do they work alone or do they work in groups? Yeah, so there, um, so one, for example, one um, problem is uh, we don't have a local history tour. So uh, one group uh, needs to write an, an interesting um, tour of the city. Uh, they've been given a time limit. It needs to take 40 minutes. Uh, it needs to have, we've sort of limited the, the nodes or stops that it needs to take in and they have to write content and create a storyline but then they also need to time that and um, it's it's probably more of a maths-based problem uh, in, in the sort of STEAM um, but and so that group has chosen to tell World War One stories and to use buildings from the city that are part of our local experience of the First World War. So they um, they will sort of bring in all those different um, aspects and and have the physical buildings, and then they need to record and um, curate uh, an an app. So using something like Easy Travel. Uh, that they can then upload and and then they need to have um, some kind of presence in the exhibition space. So they might do some photos or a brochure. They they haven't worked up to that point yet. But so that's one example um, of a problem that we have, um, which we've given over to them. So 
Um, and then uh, one other group, uh, we've given them some um, ideas for objects that we have that are, are sort of broken or missing pieces because we, mm-hmm. when we collect objects in a museum, uh, we don't always go for the nicest or the shiniest. We, we have um, ideas about significance and stories and um, authenticity of, um, of place and, and what those objects mean. So they have been given some objects which are incomplete. Uh, one of them was sort of a, a bell that was damaged quite badly in a fire. So they need to investigate that object and then create a 3D uh, prototype or, or um, design of that object or of its missing components and then we'll 3D print them to, to create a complete object to go into the exhibition. But then they also need to tell that story about the object and uh, what it what its role was when it was complete and then why we keep uh, damaged and broken things in a museum and so it's a it combines lots and lots of different um, different ideas and um, you know real life problems uh, that that we might have and uh, bring, sort of brings it all together around this one simple object so they're, they're two of the problems that they're working through so that's really cool. Yeah, it is. It That's is quite fun. So much fun. Yeah, it is. It's it's um one of my favorite things that I've I'm sort of doing at the moment. It's it's a really big uh, challenge for us because for us uh, in the museum world or, or with my colleagues that I work with, this isn't stuff that we learnt at school. So it's a bit of a um, a crash course for us as well to go out and find ways that we can bring these ideas into our museum, but in a really meaningful way. So not in um, not in a gimmicky way of of just having you know a VR headset, but saying uh, using these things as tools. So uh, you know VR is a great tool for storytelling, but it's not an end within itself. So we want to make sure that the group that's working with VR uses it in a very productive way uh, to enhance their story and not get bolted down in um, in that technology and the shiny and the, that sort of wowness of these new things, that they're actually using it in a, a really good way. So That's so awesome. What are the ages of the kids that you're working with? Oh, wow. Oh, cool. That's a perfect age, too, because it's like they're still really interested. They they haven't quite gotten to, um, you know, that stage in life where they're like too cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're grabbing them like at this age, hopefully. And then they're they're moving on into um, the upper levels in high school and, and hopefully keeping up with their love of STEAM and, and hopefully electing courses that are somehow revolved around STEM, right? So hopefully you're giving them the bug and they'll keep going at it, which is. Uh, we hope so. We, um, we'd really like for them to see that, that our museum is a resource for them as their learning continues. And, uh, and to, by working with a school group, we sort of also hope that we can show uh, other teachers and other schools in the area that we're not just about history and not just about doing a, a tour um, to look at things from the olden days that we we can offer something a lot more and and we can work with um, 
with different schools and groups uh, to do some really creative and innovative um, projects, which we all really want to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so that kind of leads me to the next part where how how can museums collaborate with schools or other groups? Um, like how does your museum, you said you're working with this group of students, but do you collaborate at all any other ways or if a school wants to be more involved with the museum like how i say this is our first big um the first big collaboration that we've done and uh it's it's sort of a a tester for us um it's it's sort of a good project within itself but also a way for us to experiment with this idea of doing collaborations and so this one um, came about because it is the opportunity class. They have a lot more uh, flexibility in what they do and um, their outcomes, and they work quite quickly through problems. So, working with other groups um, and larger groups across stages, uh, I think we'd need to um, up the ante to be able to cater to uh, you know a hundred students. It's much easier to work with thirty students, obviously. And oh, yeah. and so, uh, so this is our first uh, real um, uh, sort of uh, having a go at a partnership uh, like this. And mm-hmm. um, from this point, um, the third stage of this project, uh, what we'd like to do over the, the following two years after this is completed is to work with uh, the volunteer museums and to partner them up with their local schools to create an exhibit um, that that tells sort of a bigger story but to bring that multi-generational in um, and so the the sort of the older volunteers um, can talk about their objects and and partner with those schools so that's what we're sort of looking at at working towards so uh, it's really just a lot of in a in Wog is a city but it's operates like a small town and it feels like a small town so it's really just a lot of getting out there and um, talking to people and making connections and um, lots of cups of tea cups of tea go a long way uh, in sort of helping make these things happen so uh, that's that's sort of where we're at with what we're offering but the other thing that I'd really like to come out from this is with this exhibition and the project, uh, we were able to receive a grant to purchase our um, our 3D printer. Uh, we were able wow. to spend a few thousand dollars on getting a 3D printer and um, and then also other things, um, uh, sort of getting uh, training in VR and, um, and uh, some robots that we've purchased and um, we're working with our um, science hub which also has a lot of uh, resources uh, and the science hub is operated by the library so we can form a partnership where we have our resources and the library has their resources um, because we're stronger together and, and we can yeah. bring those together uh, to to offer these things to schools that maybe don't have the resources or their not quite um, able or haven't been able so far to um, to take up these kind of opportunities or, um, you know, it's quite intimidating to look at a 3D printer when you, you've you never been designing spatially and, and get your head around what you need to do and um, we'd like to be able to do is to um, offer them that introduction and, and to 
over that hurdle so they can um, do some 3D design. So um, on the museum at the Riverina, on the website, I noticed that um, they talked about small but mighty museums, and you also sent me the article too about um, small but mighty museums. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, yeah, that article is from Museum Hack, which is a really amazing and exciting museum group uh, that, that is based in the States where they talk about hacking the museum and focusing on stories and making things engaging and not getting bogged down in um, in the interpretation or in the, the data. And um, they wrote this great article which really resonated with me, which was about how small museums um, can often be quite agile and they can take risks and um, and use a lot of different ideas and um, be a bit more flexible in their approaches. And that's uh, one thing that I, I've been trying to do with this project is, is to be that little bit of a risk taker because it does get quite hard for bigger museums um, to, to take too many risks because uh, the, the scale of what they work with is so much bigger. And so when, when we do a project, um, we can sort of afford to um, try some, some new or different things uh, without the massive scrutiny, but um, also our relationships with our community are often more intimate. It's not just um, working with a particular group, it's, it's working with uh, an associate that you know that you've worked with before. So we have that ability to, uh, to sort of foster those relationships that we have and to make something meaningful of them and, and not for them to be smaller versions of what a, a big museum um, might do, but for it to be something unique and, and of itself. And so a project yeah. like this allows us to form a really good relationship, not only with um, the, the teacher and the school, but also with the parents and the children who are participating and um, the people that they bring to the exhibition and they bring to the opening. And we can follow those sort of lines through in a in a way that is um, quite personal and that is uh, the real power of the small museum that uh, that we can capitalize on those opportunities to make change in our um, in our local area and to support the people that are in our local area that uh, maybe we couldn't do if if things were bigger or, or our reach was different. Uh, so that's something that um, I think is a really great um, opportunity for uh, the small museums to take up is to sort of look at their community and not and think not only about what what stories can I tell, but also who can I support or or who can I um, what can I facilitate rather than rather than being the the curator with the knowledge and um, that particular standpoint, but how can I be a link in my community um, between the stories and um, the resources that I have and to other people who might be craving that information or who yeah. might be looking for new ways to engage with this content? Yeah. Um, 
now when you guys create your programs in the future, are you hoping to create like a curriculum that is STEAM the museum? Or are you hoping that uh, with whoever your and your group is that you're working with of students to create it around what their interests are or what the school's interests are, like for um, basically personalize it? Or are you guys looking to have uh, more of a curriculum that when people come and they say, I want to do STEAM Museum, they know exactly what the um, the idea is to start. Do you get, do you get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, what, we, what we'd probably be looking for from, um, from this point is, um, to be honest, we haven't really talked about <laughs> uh, what the what the ongoing legacy uh, might be beyond um, the resources uh, that we have. So I think that's a, a conversation that we need to have with our um, with our schools and um, partners along the way about what they need uh, from us yeah. in the future. Is it is it enough that they can come and use our resources and um, that they're more aware of of what they can access um, in our collection, um, or would they like to do um, a, a project in their own school or small exhibition? So that's sort of something that hopefully will come out of this process is a, a better engagement um, so that we, we know. We have done um, curriculum packs in the past. We did an, uh, um, not me, but um, uh, one of my colleagues or former colleagues, I uh, did a project called Talking Machines, which was about uh, the impact of the Industrial Revolution on uh, regional areas. And so they, they, it was quite amazing. They went out with a team and they um, fired up a lot of old machines and tractors and um, and got them working and uh, got a lot of the, the people who had worked those machines and used them on their farms to talk about what they meant and um, how they changed the landscape, but also uh, also stories about um, working and the impact on Indigenous communities and um, women's work, like labour in the home. And so a curriculum pack was developed uh, from that. So we do have some um, options for that and, and with our tours, but um, it would be really wonderful to to do a project like Steam the Museum every two to three years with a different group and yeah. and it would it would evolve um, as as technology and as um, teaching and, and everything. So it would never ever be the same, which uh, That's true. Yes. So um, yeah, so that would be that would be, uh, yeah, so the outcome is we just need to wait and see, really. Um, yeah. I do. I like that you just said you never really know because with technology, it's always changing. Who really knows what two years is going to bring us? We would have, you know, never imagined that we would have 3D printers um, if we looked back in history or VR, any of that. And And I think it's really cool that that's what you brought up simply because, I mean, how many people would say, yes, we would love to have uh, a curriculum that we already have set in place and then people can just come and do that curriculum. But no, the way you're thinking, I feel like is outside of the box because you're thinking, well, we don't know what group of people we're going to work with. We don't know what their needs are going to be. We also don't know what the technology is going to be when we start working with them. And I mean, we can say one month from now, is the technology going to be the same as today? Probably. But maybe not. 
maybe something else is coming out big. So it's, I mean, you can say two years down the road, it, it could be a huge difference. So it's kind of, I, I like your thinking. It kind of, okay. it's making me think as a teacher too, what, what is it going to be like next year? What is it going to be like two years from now? We don't really know. There could be all this, you know, new resources or new buzzwords or new technology that changes the curriculum slightly or completely, which is kind of a cool way of thinking about it. I think when I um when I graduated uh, university uh, twenty years ago, it's an awful thing to when you start saying twenty years ago, it's, <laughs> you suddenly feel very old, but. You know, I um I studied um externally or, or long distance for part of my studies, and it was this amazing revelation to be able to attach a document to an email. So that was when I started my my work um in the in the real world. That was sort of where um I was at uh, as a as a historian um and a public historian. Whereas now the the skills that we need to be able to stay relevant and and to compete, uh, we we need some social media and advertising. Uh, I've been learning um, to do the website and um, all of those types of things. And so uh, it's where that would be, you know, towards the end of my career in another twenty to thirty years' time. Um, it's sort of hard to to think what it what it might look like because I would never have imagined, um, you know, leaving university fresh eyed and full of hope and <laughs> and all of those things. I would never have imagined that this is what I would be doing and that I would be able to do this uh, in a, a regional location. My my thinking at the time and probably amongst everybody was that you really needed to be in a, a capital city to do any type of meaningful work. Um, yeah. Whereas now it's it's quite possible. We we do it all the time. We partner and we partner with big institutions because the communication um, and the ability to collaborate is is possible. It's um, and so that sort of one thing that I really wanted to come out of this from the museum's perspective was to give us a real crash course in that in that type of stuff and um, to to sort of break down some of those barriers that we have, not just for us but for the other local communities, that, like the other museums that we work with who, um, yeah. who tend to be a, a particular demographic. They tend to be a little bit older and they're volunteers and um, it's quite a lot for them to learn and, and a lot to take in and... Um, I sort of think, oh, if we can bring that in or or get them working with a school group or or something, they might be able to have a play with some of this stuff and, and bring out some of their really great stories that they have um, without having to feel like they have to learn everything. And it's yeah. it's uh, impossible with this type of stuff to actually know everything. You, It's moving so fast, but there are so many layers of expertise. We... Um, uh, I watched a, a documentary on robots um, the other night and to sort of think I could ever be, you know, proficient in that field. It's an amazing <laughs> field. It goes in so many True. different ways. But I can still have some robots and I can still use them as um, as an interpretive feature in my um, exhibitions and um, and we can still use that as a storytelling element Um in our um, in our museum and, and with our programs, and so that's very much um, the 
the sort of the way ahead that we really need to be embracing is that we we don't know this anymore and we can't and um that's kind of half the fun as well so (laughs) so true um so before before we wrap up I do want to talk about how you guys have integrated history and social studies in with STEM and STEAM and I feel a lot of people um, might might feel like, oh, no, STEM is strictly those sciences and maths. But you guys have really brought in social studies and history. And I think that that's a great example of how you can integrate STEM and STEAM across all curriculum. So maybe we could chat a little bit. About that. Yeah, so I think it came it came from a podcast, the uh, um, and it may have even been one of yours, where uh, it was uh, the person talking um, – was talking about how the the scientists of the future need to um, they need to be able to take in ideas from a lot of different places and they need to be able to bring them together and create co- cohesive um, narratives and tell that information in an engaging way and and I'm listening to this as I'm walking along um, in the morning and I'm thinking I do that that's what I do <laughs> I've I've got something that that I can can offer, and that um, it's not just about um, sort of being in a subservient role. You know, as historians, we actually have these really great methodologies that are relevant um, and useful because that's what we do. We we take information from all sorts of different places, and we we sort of try to interrogate that information and get the best sources that we can and to try and write um, or tell uh, these stories in ways that are engaging but also in ways that enlighten people. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's the sort of the real value of bringing history into uh, a STEM or STEAM um, education or into a, a program is that it does rely so much on creativity um and in thinking critically at the same time you it's um and and also in creating an exhibition it's a very creative thing to make something visually appealing uh and Mm -hmm. but also being rigorous uh about uh what you do you can't when we did um the first exhibition uh some of the kids got really engaged in the stories and they started going on about the audience the audience there was rapturous applause from the audience or the people were excited or the people were which is really great as a creative writing thing and but we needed to challenge them and I said well where's your proof for that and they sort of didn't have any proof they were just they were guessing and I said well no this is how we work in history we need to have proof and and we need to be able to um, fact check uh, what we're saying uh, against a reliable source, and um, and I think that is the real value of uh, bringing history into a, a program like this. It's it's not just to learn about the olden days and how things used to be. It's it, there's also a process that we go through that is a valuable process that um, can support learning across all areas, and mm-hmm. when you when you improve one skill and one area of what you do, you improve other, like it supports everything. So um, I, I always find, you know, my challenges are science and math and 
and those types of things. But I've always found that when I've really worked away at those um, problems uh, and things that I have to do, that my other work improves at the same time. I, I start thinking yeah. differently and also having better empathy and uh, thinking about how other people might approach these sort of problems. And um, I, I think that's something that we can really um, we can really use in this uh, is that is that we can talk about that process that we use as historians yeah. in a really engaging way to enhance the the current STEM and STEAM environment. Yeah, so. you're bringing it alive, and I feel like I mean, as much as I enjoyed history in school and and now being on the other side, like teaching, it's sometimes it's hard to not think like, oh God, you know, this happened such a long time ago. Why are we learning this? Not <laughs> student, you know, like, you know, of course you have those kids that always say that, like, why are we learning this? But it's so important. And for you to bring it alive the way that you are and really having the excitement and the kids thinking in a different way, not just reading a paragraph in a textbook that's telling you about some war that happened a long time ago that they have really no, no connection to at all. You're, you're creating those connections. You're like you said, you're creating that empathy. You're creating just a different way of thinking and, and, and also getting the kids outside of their comfort zone, too, right. which I think Very much is so. really awesome. And also all the people that work at the museum, too, thinking outside of the box and, and getting out of their comfort zone as well because it's trying something new. And, and I think that's really exciting. And, and hopefully anyone that's listening and has been wanting to integrate STEM or STEAM into a, another subject or to integrate it into their history classes or social studies classes, hopefully that they – when they're listening to this, they get maybe some some confidence to try it or, or some motivation or, or some ideas and steal them from you and for their classroom or, or um, get, I don't know, hopefully someone that's listening gets something out of um, this idea because I think there's you have so much to say and we could probably go on for hours and hours <laughs> and I should definitely have you back and you should give us an update on how this is going because I think it's just so interesting and I'm like all excited about this now and um, right now I'm on school vacation and I'm like thinking oh man if I was gonna go teaching tomorrow like what what would I change and I don't know I'm, I'm ranting now because I'm excited but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do want to talk one last thing before we wrap it up um, there's outreach opportunities that your museum is providing and um, and you guys are hosting events and different great things for your local community. And because I have a lot of Australian friends because of hashtag primary STEM chat, I would love <laughs> it if you could um, talk about what's coming up and hopefully people that are in the area can visit or maybe if some miracle happens and I can fly to Australia this summer <laughs> I wish oh man I'll get there I'm gonna meet all of you guys don't come um, in don't come in maybe. your summer though don't come in your uh, summer that's, come in our summer that's true. I should come in your summer so yeah um but yes let, let us know what's going on at the museum so if anyone that's local wants to get involved they can yeah, um, we have uh, coming up in, in July, we're having some um, introduction to 3D printing workshops, which is just uh, really about the basics um, of getting into Tinkercad 
and um, designing something and then having it printed. And so that's something that we'll be running uh, across uh, four days uh, in our uh, library. And uh, so the people will come in and um, design um, a, a like a little toy box, a little trinket box, sorry, I should say, and and then we'll print those and have sort of drop-in information sessions for people so they can see the printer working and um, because in our, where we are, we don't have a, um, a tech mega store that people can drop in and do a workshop after, after work or go to a, a talk. It just doesn't happen um in in Wagga we so a lot of people have heard about 3D printing but they haven't seen it so uh-huh. one thing so they, they might have seen it online or you know YouTube but it's quite an amazing thing to watch as it actually it happens is. so so we want to um I like, sorry to interrupt but yeah. I find it like mesmerizing absolutely I, <laughs> I could just watch it for hours it is and <laughs> And sometimes it'll do something and you think, oh, no, it's going to fail, and then you realise it's it's just the way that it's sliced it and um, yeah. it's it's a really fascinating uh, process to watch and um, and also the how it prints um, informs the design so that you start designing better and um, so that you're not relying on supports and all of those types of things. So just watching how it um, how a printer works and having some questions answered uh, is something that we've got coming up in the July holidays. And we're also um, looking at, at bringing our robots out when we have Science Week, which is in August, and um, and doing some really cool things around then. And um, fingers crossed we'll be able to do some more, um, more outreach and engagement um, programs. Uh, they're not locked in yet, so I don't want to promise something that I, I can't deliver, but I'd really love to be able to do something with uh, co-spaces uh, to sort of get people animating and, and playing with that different spatial, okay. you know, different spatial realms and, um, you know, because even though they're all virtual worlds, they work quite differently and, um, yeah, yeah. so that's, um, there's always something going on at the museum. So, uh, yes, if, if you are local and you're not already following us on Facebook, then um, definitely get on Facebook to find out what we have uh, coming up or, or on our email list. That's probably the best place to to keep up with what's um, rolling out as we move forward uh, on this project. That's awesome. Yeah. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, uh, how could they do that? And you have a new Twitter, right? So make sure you plug your Twitter. Sam Lear 10. So S-A-M-L-E-A-H-1-0. So that's my um, Twitter tag. And um, uh, also I can be contacted through the museum. Uh, so it's L-E-A-H dot S-A-M. Um, so lear.sam at wagga.nsw.gov.au. Uh, but we have, um, if you Google Museum Riverine, Museum of the Riverina, you'll, you'll find us and um, the blog that we're running for this project uh, to sort of track um, what we're doing and um, our successes and our failures and um, what workflows worked, and they're all on our website as well. So if anyone's interested in them, um, in uh, keeping track of what we do or having if there's something that they sort of would like to try there'll be some information um, on the blog about um, what we've done and and how we went about it and 
yeah, and I'm always happy to to talk about this stuff. It's uh, it's such a great project and such a great field at the moment. So. Well, this has been great. If anyone would like to uh, get in touch with me, my Twitter is at steamuptheclsrm, and uh, my website is steamuptheclassroom.com, and you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. This has been awesome, Sam. I'm so glad that you reached out. I think it's so cool that we connected outside of Twitter. I feel like you might be my first person that um that I've never met in person obviously um but that we've connected through um the podcast which I think is so cool and now that you're on it this is is just so great and I love that we can Skype uh, across the worlds 14 hours away from each other and uh, this has been a really awesome episode so I would love if you could come back at some point and, and update us how's it going um, at the museum and, and what other awesome things you have going on so this has been so great so thanks so much for reaching out and for coming on the podcast thank you thank you so much and for, for persevering with the time delays and challenges that we had so um yes thank you it's it's been really wonderful and uh, making the connections through your uh your network uh, that you're building up around this podcast has been so valuable uh for me coming into this uh, as a as a non-educator uh working in partnership with educators it's been really great to um to make those connections and to find oh so many more things i have to read and and watch and um learn about now but it's been really wonderful so thank you yeah oh well thanks and now you're involved in our primary stem chat that happens every week and if anyone wants to be involved in that um it's your thursday nights right yeah because it's my thursday mornings that it happens at um anyone that's in the eastern time zone that's in uh, the new york or boston time zone that is 6 30 a.m guys and it is so worth it it makes my or yeah 6 30 a.m it makes my day i'm so motivated by primary stem chat and um and I know it's early in the morning, but honestly, it's it's addicting. So once you start, you just can't stop. But for anyone in Australia, it's a nice, cozy uh, evening time and uh, definitely get involved in that. And I'm so glad that you're now involved in that too, Sam. So it's, it's just a great way to keep the conversation going. But yeah, this has been awesome. So thanks for coming on and uh, we'll have you on again. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.